All right. Hey, this is uh, Justin Volker, and this is the uh, the Our Time podcast. I still feel like that's you just saying that in your most womanly <laughs> voice. <laughs> Justin's actually just like hitting record and then you know saying um, <laughs> this video is now being recorded. <laughs> I, I love that voice, man. It's just so so direct. I wish I wish. Good, I, I, I hope you. I hope you do pushbacks in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to from now on. Uh, it's great. Anywho, uh, the main line guys that can't see it. <laughs> right, right. Anywho, uh, a little, little, little bit of shop talk there, but hey. So yeah, mm-hmm. I want I want to uh, talk a little bit about yesterday's show, and I, and I just want to make this statement here because we talked about the Chiefs. Uh, recent ban on on uh, like things like a headdress paint and things like that and we talked a little bit about the redskins and their recent changes uh and i'm not sure like how relevant that's going to be uh in time it it's still pretty early on i mean that that new story i i was just released on the on the 20th but i did mention uh so I, I wanna... we came up with a fix for it remember that we did we came, came up with a fix up with for an answer we need we a racism were, spectrum. What is okay and what's not okay? Yeah, and we were uh, we actually ha- ha- have a comment on that on that YouTube video. That's scary. One whole that, comment. And, that means and, that we got a view. Who's out there watching us? Stop it. <laughs> you know the, you don't want these ideas. The the uh, user's name is uh, Chief Yamaha. Incidentally. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, the way that we wanted. And he informs us that we had now we now have two and a half viewers, so I'm 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 really excited about that. So thank you, Chief, for that. Anywho, so uh, but that, 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 this all could be like like kind of small stuff. And I but I also mentioned yesterday that I really hate uh, the term woke, like especially like woke culture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's going to be the bigger thing I think for me because uh, I just hate I hate making like a declarative statement like I hate something, and I just want to address that because I don't feel good about that like intellectually. Well, it depends. I feel like if you hate tomatoes, there's probably some giveaway. But if you hate pedophiles, you know, it really goes <laughs> once again, like, where's where's it come yes. on the list? And that is Matt Dolphin comparing woke culture to pedophilia. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found I found the connection, guys. <laughs> but it just kind of reminded me of a uh, of a quote that I, I read from Camus, uh, The Myth of Sisyphus. I'm going to read it in full because I think it's, uh, it's worth it. Uh, so, okay, so it says, Weariness comes at the end of the acts of a mechanical life, but at the same time it inaugurates the impulse of consciousness. It awakens consciousness and provokes that what follows. What follows is the gradual return into the chain, or it is the definite, definitive awakenings. Uh, at the end of, of the awakening comes in time the consequence, suicide or recovery. In itself, weariness has something sickening about it. Here, I must conclude that it is good. For everything begins with consciousness, and nothing is worth anything except through it. And perhaps consciousness is the guide to morality. Right. Look at a bunch of ants. I highly doubt a worker ant thinks about, you know, a yes or a no situation outside of what his programming is. Go dig and impregnate Queen if she says so. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, because ants think in term in terms of the group, and I think most most of life does, and a lot of humanity does as well. But then we also have, and that's kind of a statist worldview. But then there's also a, an individualist worldview that clashes against the statist, and you know the consequences are usually pretty pretty severe. But I was thinking about this in terms of woke culture, and uh, my main impression is that. You know, to say that you're woke, it, it, it kind of seems intellectually lazy, like you're just saying that you're aware now and that your job is done. Whereas I well, think... Have you met a lot of woke people that are woke? Like, I mean, I, I feel like at this point in time, it's kind of just like saying I'm cool. Yeah, I mean, it becomes it becomes kind of... A, it, it loses its whole definition, its whole intellectual foundation, and... and uh, boy, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan, I, I watched a few of his podcasts today on, on the idea of woke culture and, how, where, and where it starts and all that and how you know, there's really, I mean, it's just kind of a misnomer, isn't it? it, it it's kind of, there, there really is not much of a intellectual foundation except for being against something, being against X, being more against X, and there's no real foundation for it, it doesn't seem like, and that's what I object to, you know, it's it's just... Yeah, because you can become more aware, more open, but then that your job's not done. You have to keep going. You have to make sense of the world still, and, and the world is messy. And you have to constantly reevaluate your thoughts, even the ones that you're most uh, secure in. That's what it means to be a person. Uh, that, that was just some thoughts, thoughts I had today. Yeah, well, I guess it depends kind of what, you know, we started this whole thing to be. What is your personal responsibility to a society? Right. As an American, don't I hold a responsibility to other Americans to wear a mask, to be safe? I mean, I may not like wearing a mask. I hate it, but I don't go to hy without it. When I walk out the door and, you know, like I get in my car and it's like, oh, I don't have a mask. I don't just... Oh well, this will be fine. Like I go in and get it. I mean, where where's your? I feel, but but I don't do that out of a, out of my personal like. Oh, this is the worst virus ever. I have to protect myself. Or, 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 or. No, mm. I'm doing it because I physically cannot go inside without one. Right. Like, yeah. So you're basically complying to the regulations set forth. Exactly. Which, uh, I guess you know. Oh, I guess that's my conscious choice. It's it's my choice to do that because obviously we've seen mm -hmm. videos and pictures of people that don't make that uh, choice. But I wouldn't say they have less of a conscience. Does that get you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I I, I mean they're they're still thinking critically. It's just uh, you kind of have to question their motivations and why they're choosing this particular. Uh, point to, 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 to fight about whereas I mean it's not going to hurt them to wear the mask and there are bigger things to talk about and this is I don't know it, it, it again it's messy and you, you can see their point but then you also say well so what <laughs> yeah I mean you know everybody's like I can't breathe and it's like guys I've smoked for 10 straight <laughs> and I am not dying in this thing. I, I think Karen can put on a mask for 30 minutes and walk. I'm, I'm smoking right now, and I'm perfectly able to, t to talk. So 
Me too. And I just woke up, which is why I'm so coffee right now. But <laughs> puff, puff, motherfucker. Puff, puff. Anywho, so uh, but but Ray wasn't able to be on the the podcast yesterday because poor fellow had to work. But so I'm kind of curious, Ray, based on what you listened to from that from our show yesterday, did you have any like big any big thoughts that you wanted to just just share and any any big impressions, anything that that struck you about what we were talking about that seemed uh, that 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 just basically appealed to you or didn't? Um, <clears throat> yeah mainly the idea of where does it end right because literally me and uh levi were talking and i was telling him i was just like you know it's not gonna go over well they're gonna come for everything and he's like well what do you mean well if that's the case we should just name it the kansas city stadium i was just like dude you're putting too much emotion behind it. Why are whoa, you so whoa, emotionally whoa. It's attached? in Kansas City, Missouri, first and foremost, Mr. <laughs> Levi. It's an independence. Shut up. <laughs> the Jackson County, Missouri Stadium. Fine. Because that's all. And I was just thinking, like, why do you have such a emotional attachment to something that you don't personally benefit from? These people make hundreds of millions of dollars. It will not kill them if to keep their business going to change the name. Oh, yeah. It will be fine. I'm I'm pretty sure Clark Hunt putting a new sign on the side of Arrowhead is probably, you know, I I highly doubt that's going to dig way too much into his savings. You know, it's a drop in the fucking bucket for a guy like that. Yeah. Well, what was it? Uh, I remember a bunch of them got a bunch of flat because they wouldn't even pay for their normal employees. Jeez. And it's like, wow, spending point zero 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 two percent of your wealth must be terrible. Must be fucking <laughs> awful, right? What's an interesting perspective, Ray? The the money involved that the, the, the people like organizations like the Chiefs and the, the Hunt family make off of uh, working class everyday people. And mm-hmm. that's uh, and it's always amazing. It always amazes me how everyday people in America really kind of feel a lot of sympathy for millionaires who don't really care about them. And it remind, I think Steinbeck said that, you know, m- most Americans don't want to like r- hike up taxes on the rich because they're because they imagine themselves as future millionaires rather than what they are now, which is broke paycheck to paycheck people. Which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because if you can afford your way making thirty grand a year, you don't think you might be able to do it on twenty million? Well, no. It's like because <laughs> the argument is that I've always I always hear is like, well, I've uh, I've earned this wealth, so why should I have to pay more in taxes when I've earned it? Why should I have to pay at a higher percentage than you, even though you make less than I do? But well, we still make our money, that sort of thing. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how individualistic money really creates us to be. Yeah, but but then also we we're also adhering to an ideal like uh, like we're applying fairness, fair standards to people who have more advantages than us, and that well, and that, it's not even fair standards when you look at the number of loopholes they're able to take a hold of that we can't. Right. I mean, honestly, if I could. I would love to have my girlfriend run my foundation so I could 
you know, she could make a hundred grand a year while I just have to put in whatever my taxes will be into my charity. So I split it even. Sure. I mean, that's the thing is that a lot of the charities nowadays that are singularity owned, that are, are singularly owned, that are, uh, you know, put into investments. If you look at the crowd, like, why does a board of directors need to exist for a charity? You can't just have two guys go, okay, money comes in and then we spend it on food and send it out. Like, that's a, that's a board choice. But then, <laughs> and well, the whole time Cheney was president or VP, excuse me. That's right. George W. was president. <laughs> um, his daughter ran his company, but his company kept getting all of the, you know, we're going to rebuild Afghanistan and Iraq contracts. And I don't know if you've seen pictures of it lately. It's not like they rebuilt much. Yeah. But yeah, the power not, it, it, it's a it's a major uh what was it justin hill and brandon hill couldn't work on the same shift at prime flight because of a you know there was that uh a belief that family's gonna watch out for family and i don't know if prime flight had ever met justin and brandon that was but they're definitely like, right, I, I right. don't know how you draw a line at one thing and then don't draw a line at the other. Like, yep. well, it's his daughter running the company. I'm sure they're doing it rationally and legally. Like, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. Cause do we think do we think that like uh like Cheney would have indicted himself on on if 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 he, if he were brought up on charges? I mean, that's the best part. Just as much <laughs> as Trump has, bro. <laughs> right. Oh, Trump, Trump and Cheney, boy. I mean, I'm just glad that Cheney is not Trump's vice president. That's uh that's one saving grace. Although Mike Pence ain't 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 too much better. I tell you, man, for a gay man at VP, he sure he. I don't know, man. I just never thought Rex Bannon is a, a gay man <laughs> straight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but well, I think this is a good point. This good place to segue into the main topic of uh, what this podcast is going to be about. Because last time, and I guess it's kind of silly to say last time because I haven't posted the uh, the the podcast from last time yet. But that's in, in the works. We're going to get it out there on Tuesday. <laughs> As long as you post it before this one, it's still last time. You, you just oh. can't mess up the, the chronology, and then we'll be good. I forgot how time works on the, on the internet. Right. So I'm going to post that on Tuesday, and then this one's going to come out the, on Friday. So, all right, good. Recovered. So everybody who, who, who listened to that, just ignore what I just said and listen to what I'm saying now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So money and education. These things kind of go hand in hand. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch any of those videos that I sent you earlier to your emails? I was not. I had literally just woken up about okay. 20 minutes beforehand. Okay, Ravion, what I do you think? I watched the ones yesterday. Were any of those the same? No. No, I sent out a whole new slew, but it, it, it it's, um, it's all the same. Um, so... So there was a TED talk, and, a, and I'll have to link to the video. Below. Yeah, there, there's just, the uh, link below anyway. or to the left or right, depending on where descriptions are on this this page. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to use the below because I'm, I'm still kind of trying to figure the shit out, but, uh, and that's easier to put it into the body of the text, but, but there was a teacher, uh, from, I forget which county she, which, where she was from exactly, but she went to school, uh, African-American lady, she, she went to school in, in, um, in a, in a poor, in a poor part of her community. <coughs> And then she got, she got transferred out to a school in a richer part of the community, and that, that's where she went to school. So she I I forget what what program or initiative that would have been called, but but basically she she had to get up way early in the morning. She was bussed out to the richer to the richer school, and she saw things there that that were really eye opening for her, and yet she wasn't like aware of why they were eye opening for her. They she just knew it was different, so she had access to better. To, to, to more recent books, she had access to better tech, better technology, and she benefited. She she was part of a of a better uh, educational system, and she benefited because she because of the uh, largesse that she was able to take advantage of it in, the, in that school system. And people who who she lived down down the street from, they were like three years behind of where she of. Um, of where she was in her school like she was like they were reading books that she had read three years ago and this is like schools that are an hour ago part of a documentary that michael moore did oh. in finland where that's not the case where all schools pretty much are equal and they're equally funded and teachers get paid a lot more and the retention well, like we were talking about uh last week the cans are on monday Tuesday, whenever that other video gets released, uh, <laughs> about how, you know, Kansas City, the Kansas City, Kansas school district was doing so bad. And all they did was keep pulling money. They kept giving them worse and worse teachers. They're reusing and reusing more and more books and stuff. And it's like, well, now we're going to pull their accreditation because they're so bad. And it's just like, well, you pulled all the fucking funding. What'd you expect? What's that? So, so KCK got 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 decredited too because I I know that that when I graduated back in two thousand six, uh, like KC Missouri schools. Maybe that's what it was. Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I remember. because yeah, I remember that because uh, this is something that happened to me because uh, I went to Park Hill, which for those of you who are not familiar with the KC area, nice. is, is a pretty. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's placed in a really wealthy part of the of the uh, Northland of Kansas City, and it shows. I mean, they I mean they have an astroturf fucking football field there. Just little things like and and teachers there get paid a, a good deal. Uh, I, I had teachers there who had like fucking master's degree, which is which would I think in in places like Germany or Finland would be more normal. But here, here people with master's degree, they don't really teach in high schools across the board. Uh, but let's see, I, but yeah, but, uh, but we had a whole bunch of funding and I remember taking a, taking a map test and it was basically asking my opinion about how map testing had gone so far. And I wrote a whole paper about how it was like a, how I thought it was like a farce because, you know, we get more money than what we need. And meanwhile, uh, the Casey, the Casey Mo district is being discredited because due in part to lack of funding. And I was just kind of, I don't know, uh, kind of an anecdote there, but. Well, it gives reason, like, it's it's that whole everybody looks at it, well, they're just being lazy aspect, you know. 
you got to work for what you earned aspect. And it's like, they're kids. They, they're kids. They, they're from, they're not from the best areas. I don't know what you expect. Right. Yeah. They're kids and they're not from the best areas. And I think that's this where school, according to coach Carter, this is where they're supposed to get a chance. Right. Right. And that's, uh, and that's the, that's the main thing. It's like, it's like, where do we live and where do we go to school and what kind of, what, what does our everyday life have to do with our education? And this is something that. You well, know, you we, heard Kansas did to Johnson County a couple years ago, right? No. What, what's that? So Kansas, uh, so Jackson, Johnson County, a little bit of background, is one of, is one of the highest taxed counties in the, in the United States. It's a very wealthy part of Kansas, the Kansas City area, period. Uh, and so their schools were very, very nice, but Kansas changed from a county-based grant to a statewide-based. And so instead of all their you know, tax money in Johnson County going to the Johnson County schools, it was getting pulled and paid out equally across Kansas and that drew a lot of outrage and it's why they kind of had a little small pop-up of private schools uh, mm. over in the Overland Park Lenexa area that that sounds that, that sounds about right for Johnson County and, yeah. and it does but that's how rich people reacted to that and we're not talking billionaires we're talking about millionaires mm. right so I could definitely see you know uh a billionaire taking that almost like to a hostile level. Yeah, I I, I can see it, and um, and, and and private schools and charter schools are also big things too. But then, but but then that because because they, they kind of like this is how we uh, kind of gear. I don't know, like a, a lot of people in America are really, uh, and also I, I probably England too, <clears throat> are really gung ho about their private schools systems and, and all that and but at the end of the day why people feel the need to pay more for something when your public school is supposed to get the money to make that education happen for everybody well it's kind of like an acknowledgement that it doesn't it's kind of a negative acknowledgement that, that that our system doesn't work and part of it from what, just just from uh, some of the videos I watched today, it seems to, to have to do with, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's like misappropriation of uh, of school funding and, and well, a lot whatever of time. you do, do not Google Betsy DeVos. I don't know if you know who she is or know what she's the head of our you know federal education system, uh, mm -hmm. but she is a billionaire NFL owner or former NFL owner. I believe she signed over the team to her daughter. Uh, and, um, she has been one of the, she has done everything she can to defund public schools. And when, because, you know, they, they got to get schools going so they can get kids out of the home so they can get parents back to work. She literally said, well, only like two per, you know, only like 15,000 kids are going to die. The head of education on pushing for the opening of schools said that. And mm. their job is supposed to be the, you know, we're, we're going to do everything to make our schools the best for our kids. But there's a, you know, an asterisk that 
15,000 kids will probably die this year due to coronavirus because of, you know, we're just going to open schools. Right. <laughs> well, that's how, one aspect. How far do we have to go? That is one aspect. Uh, oh, with obviously another objective going on here behind most of these offices. But if the American public's too dumb to see it. We're not taught any way to really, you know, organize or rise up. Or We're always told the people have all the power in the states, but we're never told how they're supposed to utilize it. Right. And something else with the, uh, the uh, Michael Moore video, and I'll, I'll have to post a link to that one too, because it was really good, his coverage of, of Sweden, because like one of the other programs that gets cut whenever school funding gets cut it would be civics, like basic yeah. civics. Well, civics, band, art, it's always the, you know, the ones that aren't on the map test. Poetry, music. Yeah. yeah. But, but then mitochondria is the fucking powerhouse of the cell. Mm. God, I hate fucking biology. <clears throat> but then there's one critical aspect that we're, we've been kind of overlooking here, and this is, this is uh, you know, basic human necessities and basic human needs. Uh, and... I, I forget the exact number, but but like millions of of of, of, of uh, young people, children in America, live in households that are beneath the, that are well beneath the poverty line in America. And this is not just it, it's a, because they're not working hard enough. You don't listen to the <laughs> politicians, Justin. Right, right. But let's let's think about the impact of that because it, it's not just how good how well funded. It, how well funded their schools are it's also how uh, how much nutrition they take in how well they sleep oh yeah yeah and, they're actually their bodies are developing and especially if they live in like a, what what politicians would call at risk areas but there is a lot of crime places where there's not a whole lot of economic uh, diversity not, not 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 a whole lot of not a whole lot being produced there um, you know, this, this is kids who kids who are, who are trying to develop their mindsets, and but they're worrying about like real critical existential threats. You can't really learn in that environment, and then it becomes a systemic problem. Problem. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Honestly. But, Sorry, what was that? I think I just cut out. Yeah, I, I think I did too. But Ray, were you, were you about to talk? Yeah, dude, I'm sorry, man. Literally, I just came back and I heard Ray kind of make a sound. <laughs> no, nah, it's uh, it's all good. Um, see, the that's the – I feel like education itself is like the foundation for any developing person, Right. Oh, yeah. And so obviously, if it's not in a conducive uh, environment to develop this person, how can you blame the people for the way that they act within those environments? Yeah, I mean, and, and you're putting them in kind of an unknown spot. You're expected to act professionally and stuff of that nature, and you've never had to do that. Exactly. It's foreign. Yeah, 
it's uh, what is it? We're almost we're almost taking kids because what what? How old are you when you start school? Like you know, if you go to a public school or something, you're what five? I think I was five. Okay, yeah. So you know, you're taking a five year old, and you're putting them into. I don't know, an institution, like you're putting them into a big public building that unless, you know, they remember going outside of like a grocery store and stuff where there's obviously stuff there, you're literally walking around into rooms. There's maybe a sign on the wall, but they're usually always white. Like the walls inside and stuff, like, yeah. That, yeah, that would, what is it? That would, that would be like a shock culture, basically, for your your first years there. Uh, you know, you got to adapt to the new kind of structure of things. Yeah, that's, boy. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, like I don't remember it being, like, too much of a shock, really, going into kindergarten. It was, I don't, my memories of that are kind of scant, but I don't remember it being too, too big of a shock. Because, well, because I put you in a room full of other kids who were also scared. And that that wasn't that bad, you know. When you're a kid, you're you, I don't know. I mean, I I, uh, I talked to everybody back when I was back when I was like five. God, I didn't screw people. <laughs> that my belief has not changed. <laughs> I, Honestly, I was, so I feel I like everybody be taken care of. That is my problem. <laughs> I feel like I didn't suffer culture shock until I was stepped into middle school because that's when you kind of start seeing like social. That's true. Cause that's happen. when you that's when you separate classes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll say middle school is like when you start actually having blocks. Yeah, like real real thoughts. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and they also take away recess, which is which was which was uh, I thought was a was a crime Damn. that I've yet to recover from. <laughs> well, you gotta take PE, bro. Well, PE is one thing, but then recess, where you can actually like go out and explore and do your own thing for a little bit. That's that's cut out in in uh, middle school and high school in America. Yep. Right. Well, and. Honestly, a lot of the arts are starting to make their way out. A lot of the choices we're left with anymore are usually band or in athletics. Yeah. And starting to move out like outside of, you know, standard art. There's no sculpture, no uh, metalworking, I guess, and woodworking are starting to make their way out too, which is really shocking. Right. Yeah, and and a lot of these uh, these more physical activities, like you say, band and even PE, they're they're highly regulated. They're I guess the word is uh, that I would use is like they're very collective, very uh, you know you're directed to do certain things rather than being able to go out and explore on your own. Yeah, I don't know about your guys' middle school experience, but every year in PE, Maple Park had square dancing for a unit of PE. <laughs> Yeah, Bro, we had that. I am not joking. We had they they would bring the girls over from the girls PE class. They would make they literally pair everybody up, go into your squares, and they would teach us square dancing for like a solid two months. Hey, yeah, we had know, that. Too. Ironically, 
at my inner city school, I went to a charter school named Gordon Parks. It's still there in the uh, yeah, Boker District. There. It's still there in the Boker District of uh, Westport, right? Right mm-hmm. there nearby like Valentine and whatnot. They literally every year would teach us about two to three weeks worth of square dancing. We're not and- so different, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, no, like so I, I mentioned that to Amanda the other day. That's my girlfriend, and uh, she she went to high school at Liberty, but she did like her her uh, middle school and stuff. She was out in like down in Southern Colorado, mm. and I told her about the square dancing bit, and she looked at me like I was making it up, like <laughs> that there was a joke tied to it. The tears in my eyes were fake from the PTSD, like. <laughs> She straight up was like, wait, that was an actual thing? Like, I, I, I don't think I could come up with that. Yeah, I I forgot all about square dancing. I think I'm, I must have repressed that all the memories. I, now that you bring it up, I remember just being terrified. Well, that's cool, bro. You were in public school. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot of good memories of public school. Just a lot of just being afraid and bored. I just have a lot of obligation for eight hours of my life that generally was spent ignoring what was going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, and, that, and that's really that's cool. Was what's well, the thing? And that's that's the thing that that uh, that uh, at the uh, Michael Moore clip that I watched earlier brings up about about the uh, finished school system because we spent because we in america spend you know eight like eight hours a day in class whereas they, they in they in finland uh spend like three or four hours a day including their lunch well uh and top gear actually did a thing about finland's driving test uh do you guys remember going to get your driver's license yep yeah like how, how, how your te- uh I don't know about you guys. I went to the Gladstone place back when uh it was there at the corner of Inglewood and whatever old Pike. Yeah, that's where I went. And uh, they 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 make you you know they check all your lights and stuff on the car. You back up, you leave, and then you drove you you drove over into a neighborhood that's like yep. behind it. Yeah. You turn in there, they make sure, you know, you're controlling speed up and down the hills and you're using blinkers and stuff. And then they stop you in the middle of the road. Make you do, make you reverse for like 50 feet. So like a, like a house length. Illegally. And then you basically go back, you do the parallel park and then you're done. Finland basically teaches you how to be a rally driver because they want you to know how to handle if you power slide. If you're, you know, you you hydroplane or something like that, how do you maintain control of the car? If you hit gravel and, you know, you start to lose your front end, how do you gain control of the car? And, I mean, at the end of the day, if we train pilots – because of an emergency, right? The plane can fly themselves most of the time. They're there in case, you know, we lost power. We're going down. 
we, you know, we lost a wing or, you know, the, the miracle on the Hudson stuff. Mm. Well, shouldn't we be doing that with cars? Cause Missouri didn't give a shit if I knew how to control a power slide. Right. And that, that so far that power slide is totaled two of my cars. <laughs> or, or driving in snow. Or ice. Huh? Or driving yeah. in snow and ice. I mean, which we do. Yeah, quite, no, God forbid we know how to do that here. We, we only get it like four months a year. <laughs> yeah. And. But isn't that what our education system is supposed to do? It, it really feels like that, that's a straight kind of, oh, comparison with our actual education systems where we're teaching our, you know, they're giving us three to four hours of schooling and then go be a kid, go have fun, go figure out what you're interested in. Or, yeah. you know, like I did through high school, go get a job because you're tired of being broke. Yeah, go out and play or go out and work, and then and then when you come back tomorrow, you know, yeah, you can and, and bring, we'll see. We'll cover that. the basics again, but I I feel like in three to four hours, you know, you would be able to teach life skills, which is what you should be teaching at school. Teach kids not to be racist. Teach kids, you know, not to be uh, an asshole about something. Teach them how to – so, you know, I feel like if you would teach kids how to manage anger – or teach kids how to do their taxes or how to fill out a resume, how to actually build it. I remember going to college and there were resume building classes because 20-year-old people had no idea what they were doing. They would literally do them like an outline for notes. Right. Well, I and, basically... Well, that's, that's a life skill. There's a lot of people that didn't go to college to get that as a little side thing mm. well and that's uh that's the thing with like writing writing reports and writing prose and writing papers and all that which is which is a fundamental uh a building block for like how we communicate and how we express ourselves in intelligent ways and i i basically had to re relearn how to write when i got into college because you know, you, you didn't really learn how to write in high school. You just, even for the map test, you, you're just kind of given some basic principles, but you never really explored have, that. Have, have like four sentences per paragraph, lead sentence, end sentence, you'll be gold. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's hardly even the brass tacks of it. I mean, I mean, because paragraphs are more than just four sentences. I mean, you are trying to, each paragraph should, should represent an idea. And each and a, and a paper is like a is like like one big idea that each of those little ideas kind of builds up to. No, you don't really okay. learn that. it's ten percent of my grade, so I'm just going to get it done however I need to. Right. That and, that that's what we created to be viewed as. Right, because most of high school, as we've discussed, it seems geared towards performing well on standardized testing, and that's that's absurd. And it also creates, I think, uh, a false impression about what reality Ooh. is like. Hey, they, I got a question. Did your thing on the Finland school system, do they have a standardized test at the end of the year? No. They don't give out homework, typically. Or not a lot. And they really don't do a whole lot of standardized testing. I mean, I'm sure they, they do, like, some, some sort of testing, based, but more as entry exams to other schools, not, not, not as a part of, like, what, 
how they get funding as schools. Um, My God, it's almost like they're schooling for the kids. They're not schooling for, you know, the schools. Well, that's exactly what the, uh, what, what, what one of the, uh, one of the uh, people that Michael Moore talked to, like, it's like the education is built around the student rather than, you know, trying to, trying to get students to conform to the educational system. And, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm just paranoid now that, that every time I talk about something, I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go into whale speak, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's all built around the student and what the student is interested in and, and they explore things like, uh, like, like art, you know, or even baking, cooking, uh, knitting, sewing, playing guitar. Art, poetry. Most of them, most of them know like three or four languages by by the time that they leave high school. Like they 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 know it and they speak it. They're able to speak it all fluently, and they study abroad and things like that. And what do we do in America? Mitochondria is the powerhouse of this <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. We are we we. Standardized. I mean, I, that. Oh, public school bitches, Ray. How would you, would you describe your? I I don't know the years you were at, uh, your charter school. What would you say about the education through then? Because they're they're not on the public school spectrum. Uh, according to you know the public schools, but I feel like you know privatizing private schools and all they're always performing better. Would you say that the charter school was kind of like an advantageous? Oh, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They actually knew how to nurture people's different skills. So like me, I had uh, a gift for reading. Uh, in the third grade, I was reading at a 10th grade level, according to some Test. And then in the fourth grade, I was at college level and they knew that. And so then they would have uh, like those kids spend more time in the library learning more about the what is the name of it? The the Dewey Decimal mm -hmm. System. Oh, OK. Yes. Yeah, so, and you, can so you know, learning how to library file books. And, yeah. And so then they would have a learn about that and then. And they started introducing smart boards and they let us interact with those, display it, and then ex explain it to other people. Oh, man. We could never even touch the smart. That was like, like oof, faux pas. We were barely allowed to touch the projectors. <laughs> Grace more straight up. Like elementary school was rough. Damn. Well, it was still new, dude. When I went to elementary school, we still didn't have AC, and I think it was like three of the five grades. Jesus. You have AC? No, air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. They'd just tell us to bring water with us to work to school. <laughs> well, you know, you bring a water bottle, you refill it. That is that's insane. Jesus. But hey, but, but Raviana, so what was it like? Dude, it like I like that's awesome. They actually took an individual attention to you, or like to your. Uh, 
ability. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, Ray. Uh, speaking of that, so so so, what was it like going from like the uh, that charter school environment? Because you ended up going to uh, Northtown, right? Uh, I went from there to uh, another poorly to not not another, but to a different poorly funded charter school, and then from there I moved to the NKCSD North Kent City School District. Went to Northgate, and then I went from there to Northtown. And the difference between public school uh, education and charter school education was astounding to me. What was it? Quite a step back, just in terms of like classroom avail or uh, what would it be like, like technology and stuff? Uh, it's funny because we took a step forward in technology when I okay. came to the when I went to Northgate, but classroom engagement was well below. Uh, okay. Now, was it a bigger class? I know this was a while ago. Do you remember if it was like... Yeah, it, it actually was. It would be big, way bigger classes because normally I would just stay with, you know, my normal class. It'd be, you know, uh, 15 to 20 of us. And then it went from that to at Northgate, like 25 to possibly 30 five kids in one class man now were there more teachers you, you mentioned there was a major drop in personal engagement so mm -hmm. across gaining those five to ten people uh did was it still just one teacher at both locations yeah it was still just one well? teacher no wow. teacher's aid no parateacher nothing and just it was one teacher adding that many Man, that's nuts, because you never think about just adding five people as creating kind of that rift with the yep. teacher-student, like, activity. But it, it really could be just that small. And then also coming from uh, a different, uh, you know, background, and I'm, I wasn't the most talkative kid. I've always been, like, a shy kid. It's kind of my thing. And... So when I wouldn't, you know, really engage in class, they would think I was uh, disinterested or uh, absent-minded. Yeah, antisocial. And so, and like, I, I didn't realize this until, you know, some years down the line that my face kind of contorts into a frown. And I'm not, I don't mean to frown. And so. Oh, he's <laughs> mad at me. Yeah. And they're thinking, oh, look, here's this angry inner city kid. What can I do to reach him? And it's, it's not that, dude. I just, the way you explained this problem made no sense to me. And you're not even like, uh, I can't, you're not available for help because you want to help this, this other girl more than you want to help anybody else in the class, which I'm saying it might've been for pedophilic reasons, but I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's <laughs> next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of imagine your teachers raving on just the way that you've described it in the past, like watching watching Dangerous Minds and trying to figure out, you know, like like ways, <laughs> ways, ways to engage with you or something like that. Like, what did Coolio say? What did he mean by that? But uh, <laughs> it, it really sounds like it, it comes down. So it's not the. Uh, it, it really doesn't sound like it's the technology because it sounds like he was learning with the, you know, less technology and stuff just as well at the charter school than as he was at Northgate, or it was a step forward, excuse me. 
Uh, but he, but the it really is teacher engagement per a student. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is due from uh, from how much busy work our teachers are are stuck with. You know, not oh. not only having like big class sizes, but all the time they have to spend, you know, in meetings and well, trying to... and it, it's only getting worse in terms of class sizes too. I yeah. remember being thirty plus in a few classes at uh, Liberty. Jeez. Oh, dude. So, I I don't know how we passed fire code in te by technicality because. My graduating class, so it was a three-year school. It was sophomore, junior, and senior. And we, we graduated just under 700 kids. And, you know, you're always supposed to have more kids in the following classes. So even if we just put it at 700 a pop, you're talking 2,100 kids. And apparently the school was made. Like, it was actually built to handle, like, 1,500. Jeez. <laughs> wow. No, and it's the second high school, Liberty North, wasn't built yet or anything. So everybody was just stuffed into one. We had, you know, the trailer classrooms in the back. Like, we had those outside the cafeteria. Mm. But it, it really wasn't an engaging exercise. It was much more lecture, lecture, lecture. Try to help whose hands go up here and there, you know. It really becomes more of a I don't want to say favoritism because I feel like that's unfair to a lot of teachers. But at the same time, you know, if you got to explain something to one kid and that takes seven minutes, you get to the next kid after that, that takes four minutes, you know, after lecture, how much time are you really left to engage? Yeah. At the Any... same, we didn't have anywhere else to send these kids. So <laughs> we had to take them in. Right. And was, uh, because Park Hill at Park Hill, the big emphasis was 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 about college prep and yeah, trying to. So as soon as you're a senior, you got to talk to your counselor like three fucking times, and yeah, the applications go out like crazy. A plus program starts getting floated everywhere. Right, and wow. and the thing of it is, like, uh, is like a lot of kids uh, don't want don't intend to go to college, or at least not right off the bat. And so they're going to be disengaged from the start just because. Yeah, they're, but it's they're, almost like they're forced to. Right. And then that takes a lot of teachers time, too. Plus, you know, I mean, the more people you have, the more time you have to spend grading papers and this and that. And if you're day to day. Well, probably a stipend to money related to how many kids go to college, like in high schools. I'd oh, there's care. bound to be. There's bound to be. And sad thing is, just it, it doesn't seem to be reflected on the pay rate of our teachers. I mean, they, they don't get paid uh -huh. according to their education. No. No, and teachers, I, I fully believe teachers should be one of the highest paid jobs in the world. Just because you are, you are supposed to be giving your full effort to these children and everything, you're creating the, you know, the generation of tomorrow. Why don't we want to invest in that? Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> boy, that's well. It, and I think when it comes to money, it, it, it's also like how effectively we spend that money too, and where, where does that money go? Well, did and, you guys ever have to bring in like Kleenexes and stuff? Yeah, we had to bring in whole school supplies. Yeah. Well, I don't just mean school supplies. I, we'd have to do school supplies, but we'd actually, every class would act, ask 
throughout the year for Kleenexes. Yep. Uh, because in the winter, you know, kids get colds and shit, and we're about as disgusting as any other creature on this disgusting earth. Uh, <laughs> and so literally, Kleenexes weren't in the school budget. So they asked them to be supplied. It was usually two boxes uh, when school started. And then it would usually be like another box or two when we came back from Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And how do you not budget Kleenex? <laughs> like, how are we that tight <laughs> on money? Right. It's like, we, it's like a, at school, we're, we're trained to work for contractors. It's because <laughs> we're working hard enough for ourselves. Remember, that's what we keep being told. We're just lazy. That's why we don't have millions of dollars. It's, it doesn't <laughs> have anything with the fact that my dad didn't have $8 billion when he died or anything like that. Right, right. Well, uh, I think we're near the top of the hour. System in the hands of people that never used it nor understand it. You think Betsy DeVos went to public school? Oh, doubtful, man. Doubtful. <laughs> I know for a time. Has she been to one? Like, that's what I'm curious about. Has she even been to one? Like, visited one? I doubt it. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I think that's a, that's a topic for another time. And it looks like we're getting pretty close to the top of the hour uh i think that was a pretty good talk i don't know uh but of course i'm i'm a little biased when it comes to that but <laughs> i guess when it uh i guess uh you guys have any uh any uh closing statements that you would like to make for what we've talked about so far today uh ravion if you want to start uh... Uh, basically, uh, if there's any young adults out there listening, don't do what they tell you to do. Look into it, look into it yourself and figure out what you want to do. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, that's a pretty strong word. I mean, like, I guess I would only add like, do do what you got to do to survive the environment that you're in. Because you're, if you're if you're if you're a young person and you're in uh, public school, then you're kind of I mean you're probably under some strict uh, guidelines from all your administrators and whatnot. Do what you got to do to survive, but then think about what your education is for, and you know work towards that. Uh, what do you think, Matt? My name is Matt Dauphin, and I do not want you to shoot up your school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that's another. I said don't. <laughs> do not do it. Do not. I, I am. I'm just giving the disclaimer for this episode. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, listen. You, if you feel alone, if you feel you're overwhelmed, or if you just don't want to be there, I mean, honestly, just get the diploma and walk, man. That, that's yeah. all I say. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately, I mean, if you choose to go to college and uh, 
And if you if you can afford it, I mean, th think about the money. So to go to college, just to you know, if you want to go to trade school, community college, just like a lot of production jobs require, just get a diploma. Yeah, pretty much. But hey, I mean, if you go to, if you do go to college, and I I, I think uh, well, college isn't bad. I mean, I I, I think he, there's a lot of benefit there, but that's not the only option. And the, the trade schools like plumbing becoming an electrician those are also very viable options and you can always educate yourself on your own time too so yeah think about what you want what you, what you want to do explore that and uh have fun because i mean the older you get the the less time you have you have to have fun and you kind of have to make the time to have fun but that's still a viable option and it should never be discounted uh yeah I think that's a good positive note to end on. Uh, so this has been this has been our time, and again, my name is Justin Volker. Uh, joined as always by by Matt, and our, then our friend Ravion has joined us today. So uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Oh yeah, don't forget to Sam's not here to do this. What? <laughs>